0: Yeah, I got a bit of duty on my new couch this week, so I was in a mood all week. You deserve a medal.
1: Wait, is that why you were in a up mood? Because of your cat?
0: Well, it was one of many reasons, but uh, yeah, the cat put a duty on my couch. Like
1: just took, popped a squat and did a dump?
0: No, she came out of her litter box with yeah. some duty stuck to her butt first. And then she was up, but she just wanted to be near me. Yeah. Right? She's like, Papa, love me, and did a, put a duty on my couch.
1: Oh, and those are your new couches, too.
0: Brand new. Oh,
1: no. So do you get it cleaned?
0: I get it cleaned, yeah. They're hard oh. to clean. They're like, what is that? What, 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 what? We have the same couches, essentially. You no,
1: we don't. <laughs> really no, beautiful. don't say that. Well, they're blue, tufted back, yours are, velvety. No, yours are micro suede, aren't they?
0: What are yours, then?
1: Velvet. Why are they velvet? different. Aren't they velvet?
0: They're velvety. They're Velveeta cheese. These
1: are micro suede. Is it different?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Sorry, no, I'm getting out of
0: They look similar. I know,
1: they're blue. They're both blue. <laughs> they're both both blue. have blue couches. And they're
0: tufted back.
1: Tufted back?
0: And they're mid-century modern,
1: right? No no no. Let's start again.
0: Kat did a duty on the couch.
1: <laughs> Let's do it again.
0: <laughs> From the beginning, Kat, then we're not gonna be doing duty couches. What uh hey, thanks for listening to a very <laughs> special PJ Party podcast.
1: It is very special. Sorry, we're recording this on a Friday night. I'm really tired. Jen, you did a wonderful thing. Huh?
0: And me? without my permission, <laughs> without me even knowing, you yeah. reached out to all these really talented uh, young lady artists that live and we know in Victoria mm. and gathered them all here today and wholly <laughs> hanging out together. Uh, no, brought them into the station to perform for us for International Women's Day.
1: Yeah. Um, so we'll be hearing... Little pieces of interviews with Steph McPherson, Lindsey Bryan, Ellie Hart, Low Weight, and Laura Mina of Carmina, and uh, just ask them to perform uh, one of their kind of like favorite songs done by uh, a female artist. Yeah,
0: that's, that's so it. cool. That's yeah. really, really cool. So the performances are not in this pod. Um, they are being made into videos, which will start rolling out in the week. Probably maybe even by the time you listen to this, they're already out. Check The Zone.fm for that, because... The performances are lovely and Mm -hmm. they were lovely to hear on the radio and I guess would have been lovely on a podcast, but better to like see them, you know, the emotion and the performance. and So, but you can watch them uh, perform on those videos, but here in this pod, we've got the uh, chit chats.
1: Yeah. And just little pieces of the performance too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, on top of that, there'll be like a shortened version of our usual podcast of us yelling at each other and making fun jokes and screaming and stuff. Yes. So it'll start with that and then get into the performances. Yeah. Thanks true. for listening. Thank you. Uh, the big news today is about that huge gnome on the highway in the News Bay. Yes. Um, I guess the owners are selling that property mm-hmm. and now the home for that gnome which is the largest gnome in the world um it's kind of up in the air no one knows what's going to happen to the gnome
0: yeah either someone needs to like take the gnome and find a new home for it a home for the gnome or <laughs> gnome it home. even it could be destroyed
1: which oh uh, i don't think they w- it would come to that it i really could, hope not and
0: actually when i first thought i thought <laughs> yeah let's do it Let's have, like, let's just set it on fire.
1: Let's have a huge event, kind of like Burning Man. Like Burning Man. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. Like, they always do those really beautiful sculptures of, like, a human form, and then they set it on fire. Let's do that with the gnome. That would be amazing.
1: (gasps) It'd be so sad, though. That would be it. Yeah, that'd be it. And one of my favorite things about, you know, road trips, like going up island or or going, you know, on the mainland as well, are those landmarks it's mm-hmm. like ridiculous landmarks like the Gnome or like, you know, like Dino Town mm-hmm. yeah, on the mainland. The, yep. the, all those dinosaurs on the side of the road. Those things I just loved as a kid and even as an adult. It'd be a shame to get rid of it.
0: No, it's true. Well, we need you. I think we should. Someone with like a big piece of property. Yeah. You know, when you're driving on the road and you can see and there's many places like this up and down Vancouver Island. When there's like big rolling hills of like green whether it's farmland and there's trees or whatever someone with one of those pieces of property viewable from the highway needs to buy that gnome and then put it out there yeah. like a few hundred yards off the road so you just see in the distance this gnome he's still out there he's poking his head out from the trees or whatever yeah that's where I want to see that gnome still a landmark like you're talking about mm. but just In the distance, it looks better. I
1: think it makes it a little bit more mysterious, too, right? Yes. Another thought was one of those uh, little islands when you're on BC ferries to to Tawasin. Oh, my God. There's some of those small little islands Mm -hmm. that are just owned by one person, right? If they could, like, be in the forest on one of those islands as Uh. you're on the ferry, I think that would be magical. What a way to enter Vancouver Island.
0: It's almost your responsibility if you've got one of those pieces of property.
1: (laughs) You need to buy the gnome this morning we got word that keith flint of prodigy passed away at the age of 49 heavy very yeah Yeah,
0: really a shame i i um i really appreciate the song you've chosen here brian to Mm -hmm. uh play because i remember hearing this song for the first time i don't know if it was on like much music or i was listening to the radio or what it was when i was a kid but i remember just being blown away being like what is this sound? You know what I mean? Like, what is this new energy? And and, uh, it's like instrumentation and electronic music that is being made here. And the Prodigy were doing it in such a way that it was, like, so hard-hitting and so interesting. And, and, yeah, just, like, really drilled into you. It's the first time you heard it. Yeah, when I first got started DJing, man, I was all about, like— house music, these kind of driving beats, mm. like like breathe, like Firestarter. Mm-hmm. And uh those are some of the the, so- the earlier songs that I remember learning off of. Yeah. And, in terms of how to mix and stuff. And and you you get when you listen to it you get why it crossed over and mm-hmm. found a place um with kind of the rock scene as well. Yeah which is so interesting.
1: Yeah, and even to this day, I remember, you know, starting off in radio in um, the evenings where we had our request hours Mm. and Prodigy was always the Mm -hmm. number one request because it's something that it's just, like, refreshing to hear on the radio. It was really just, like, it kind of challenged the radio a little bit, which I loved, and I loved playing it.
0: It Sounds like nighttime, and it sounds a little dangerous. totally. Yeah, Yeah, so cool.
1: I have been loving seeing all the, the stories come up mm. about Prodigy. And my favorite one that I read today uh, was a woman who was giving birth and she initially had the plan to give birth to the song, uh, like one of Enya's songs, like a nice ocean breezy, beautiful <laughs> song. But her husband picked up the wrong tape and brought it to the hospital. Oh, so she gave nice. birth. To fire starter, yeah, how so incredible cool. is that? <laughs> like, what an epic birth! <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you ever seen uh, that video of the mother um, singing a lullaby to her daughter to sleep, and then she starts like kind of. Banging a beat on the desk, and she starts getting into Firestar. Yes,
1: that's, that's amazing. Like one of my favorite videos. Oh, so, so good. <laughs> uh, we also heard Yeah Yeah Yeahs with heads will roll. We had Twenty One Pilots in there, and then we started it off with Prodigy Breathe, which would have been probably a more fitting song for the birth, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: that is nice. Yeah, yeah. And lots yeah. of donors uh, texting in with their own memories too of uh, mm-hmm. Big Shiny Tunes too.
2: Oh,
1: Yeah, that's, right. I think
0: probably where a lot of us uh, heard that song. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, very powerful.
1: On the weekend, um, I saw one of my friends posting about how she had just purchased land on Mars.
0: Legit, a friend of yours did this?
1: Yeah. Rad. And she was like, yeah, I got this Well, as a gift from my my husband. Now we own property on Mars, and they (laughs) bought it online. And I was like, I'm going to look into this and see how legit this is. But yeah, there is a a website called buymars.com. And if you spend $29.95, that'll buy one acre of planet Mars land. You get a Martian deed, a map, and their pledge. And then you get registration with I-A-O-H-P-E.
0: Which is, what is that? I don't
1: know. Is International Association of Human Planetary Exploration. Sounds legit. Okay. Okay. So the idea is that when humans finally make their way to Mars and start, you know, making cities and things like that, that you would have a piece of land. Right. I don't know how that actually works out, though.
0: If there's any legitimacy to this, this is the coolest thing.
1: It could be because I, here on Earth, I know that I'm probably never going to buy land on Earth. Never. It's much too expensive. But an acre of land for like 30 bucks on Mars, I'd be into that. Whether or not it's fake—
0: no, but that's it. If it's not fake, then it's really cool because if this will hold up in any time of court,
1: yeah,
0: future court. Okay, think from now. Okay, let's say it's even ten generations down the line. Okay, but yes, we're going to Mars and we're terraforming Mars.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we have the technology. Elon Musk's great, 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 great grandkids are going to dr- go up there <laughs> and they're going to take over the whole planet. Oh, not so fast. Here we have this dusty old deed that says. I do indeed own an acre of land on Mars. Right. Now that property is worth something. Oh, you want to plant your flag there or you want to do whatever there? Well, guess what? I own the land. If it could be legit. I remember people were selling particles of land on the moon. Right. Well, that's dusty old rock isn't going to be worth anything. But Mars could be something.
1: Could be something one day. Could, right? Like yeah. this is like,
0: imagine uh, your ancestors coming over on their very first boats <laughs> from Europe, coming over and staking a claim in North America, and now they have the beautiful tracts of land in Manhattan City. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. th- it sounds ridiculous, but if there's any amount of legitimacy to it, it's so forward thinking and cool. For $30? 30
1: bucks. Either way, it's a kind of a cool gift because you get a cool plaque and you can put it on your wall saying that you own a piece of Mars. Whether or not you'll ever see that land, who knows? But maybe a cool gift idea.
0: You likely won't see it, no.
1: No, I won't see it. I've been seeing videos online. Uh, I hate hate to do this, but I needed to try it because I've been seeing videos of people taking their Vans, like the brand Vans, Mm -hmm. that shoe, and just throwing it in the air. And no matter how it lands, it will always fall back right side up, the sole to the ground.
0: Not, I didn't believe you, but it kind of does make sense just the way that they're weighted. Like the sole is where all the weight is. There's yeah, nothing on top like of it. It's like a violence.
1: heavy sole. Yeah. And I wear vans m- most days of the week because I'm lazy and they don't have laces, right. which I really enjoy. Yeah. I'm one of the laziest people when it comes to putting on shoes. And <sighs> anything. Coming over in my and life. tying
0: shoes is laces, so awful. I
1: can't be bothered with that. No. So I just get those slip on vans or slip on boots or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we tried it out, it worked.
0: I did not believe you. I guess I didn't think about it because, like I said, the physics of it makes sense. But you were tossing your vans around the room. We threw them out the window here. We're three stories up. Yeah. Every time.
1: Yeah, we threw them out the window. You had to run and go retrieve them for me.
0: We threw them out the window onto bar- barch mulch. No, wait. Bark mulch.
1: <laughs> Bark mulch. Here we go. Yeah. Still worked. Still worked. Yeah. So if you have vans at home, give it a try. We also posted a little video on our Instagram. Go check it out. Yeah, check it out. Watch.
0: Okay. Wow. Always. Wow, all
1: right,
0: so now we're gonna do it out a window. Let's do it out a window.
1: Is someone gonna snag them though? If no I one's
0: snagging your ratty shoes. Yeah, okay, sheaves. ready?
1: They're ratty, they're good! Just one, just one, just one.
0: Okay. Oh! Did it do it? <gasps> yeah! Go check it out. Wow, that's legit. Okay, let's hear another one.
1: All right. Oh, ah! oh my God, it's true! <laughs> how neat, how cool i'm learning a lot from paul today about um fat tuesday yeah you didn't know
0: you didn't know it was fat tuesday
1: well i I didn't even think about that
0: pancake tuesday mardi
1: gras yeah Lundi mardi tuesday gras i guess is fat
0: yeah wow mardi gras yeah yeah literally translates fat tuesday why
1: didn't i know this
0: because mardi gras because what's the first thing that pops in your head when you think of mardi gras just
1: like beads and and new orleans and dancing and Yeah, yeah music
0: right So originally it was the day, it's the day before Lent starts, 40 days leading up to Easter, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to not eat anything. Anything? Well, like hardly anything. What you're supposed to do on Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday is use up all the fattening foods in your house, (laughs) so you make pancakes with them, I guess, I don't know, (laughs) however it works, right? But uh, that was like the tradition back when I was a kid, we would make pancakes for dinner. Oh.
1: Wow, so a lot of people eating pancakes today.
0: So today is also known as Pancake Tuesday, so it's an excuse to go out and eat pancakes.
1: Nice. Favorite kind of pancake?
0: Pancake.
1: Just regular?
0: what are you talking about? Like, what's your favorite kind of
1: pancake? You can do anything with pancakes. Pancake flavor ones. Really? You haven't gone outside, done like banana pancakes, chocolate chip? No. I've been making these protein pancakes, which are pretty good. What? Oh yeah. You put protein powder in there and banana and Does it ruin the pancake? No, it's delicious. And then you just fry it in butter. Oh, it's really good.
0: See, pancake is good the way it is. Butter, Mm. you put the butter on top and then you drown it into like delicious, really, really nice, real maple syrup. You don't want to be messing around with the texture, chocolate chips, bananas, strawberries, none of that. Get rid. Just pancakes. Really? Pancake flavor is delicious. I
1: also have another confession. Go on. I prefer fake syrup over maple syrup. No, Jen,
0: please, no. Yeah, like I know. Like Aunt Jemima, yeah. like that thick oh, the corn fake, syrup nonsense. Fake syrup. Oh, GMOs. It's because-
1: uh. GMOs are fine. It, it's because, yeah, um, it's. Because it's like what I grew up eating. We didn't ever get maple syrup. That stuff is expensive. No, of course.
0: We never did either. But now you're an adult. Come on. And
1: I, I don't. There's I no children. The, the nostalgic taste of No, the fake you don't. Syrup. Yep, I do.
0: Oh, I'm so <laughs> mad at you for preferring that. I made a, uh, t- a Twitter poll. What is better? Oh, real yeah. maple syrup or fa- fake maple syrup? It's literally called fake maple syrup. There's no other thing to call it. What do you call that? Corn syrup nonsense?
1: I don't know. I love it.
0: And Jemima's.
1: Again, it's just what we ate when we were growing up. Mm. It's like $10 a bottle of real maple syrup, you know? I just prefer the fake stuff. It's cheaper.
0: That's fair, I guess. I get it sent to me, my family, and like... Northern Whoa. Ontario does. They go out into the woods and they tap maple trees and they make it and they Whoa. send it out to me in a, ma- in a mason jar for Christmas. That's
1: incredible. It's
0: delicious. If you
1: ever want a good deal on maple syrup, though, go to like the, the kind of touristy shops on Government Street oh, yeah, yeah. because they just sell those nonstop, right? right. People coming into Canada. Um, Is and that can get the some good, good legit stuff? Yeah, it's yeah, 100% maple syrup and it's cheaper because. It's a, uh, you know, a gift.
0: So something. if money is no option for you then, then do you admit that the real stuff is
1: better? No. I think it's like too sweet or something. I don't know. It's... N- <sighs> <laughs> you know what I'm feeling good about? What? Is rediscovering this song. Petit poisson, oh, this is petit fun, yeah. Poisson, nage, nage, nage.
0: Why did you rediscover this song? I know you went to go and see Que des Pirates. Over the weekend? Yeah,
1: the Royal Theater, uh, so which was just, incredible.
0: That just got you hot for French music?
1: And, and she was just saying that a lot of like French immersion students use her songs to learn French. Mm. I never learned any of her songs in uh, in school or anything like that, but it got me thinking about all the songs that I did learn in school to yeah. learn French, which was Petit Poisson and what else?
0: Yeah, I never um, heard Petit Poisson. Uh, Lo-
1: say L'Halloween. say
0: L'Halloween I really loved. That was loved. a good one. The uh, pizza one. Just We and Pizza, obviously, yeah. yeah.
1: So shout out
0: to those songs. Sure. Shelly says, Alouette. Remember that song?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Alouette, alouette. Oh,
1: Frère Jacques?
0: No.
1: They had the same tune, just like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and
0: the Alphabet song. Alouette,
1: gentille alouette. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, (laughs) that's different. But Cool. (sighs) <sighs> Art Aronson, our news reporter, came in with some pretty pretty sad news about a Canadian legend. Mm. Alex Trebek of Jeopardy, one of the finest hosts of TV of all time. Um, he made Oh, a- he's
0: got, I think he's number one.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, in Canada, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, he posted this video today, and we'll just share the audio with you.
0: Just like... 50,000 other people in the United States each year. This week I was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Now normally the prognosis for this is not very encouraging but I'm going to fight this and I'm going to keep working and with the love and support of my family and friends and with the help of your prayers also I plan to beat the low survival rate statistics for this disease. Truth told I have to, because under the terms of my contract, I have to host Jeopardy for three more years. <laughs> so help me. Keep the faith,
3: and we'll win. We'll <sighs> get it done. Thank you.
0: This is hitting me so hard. Here, yeah. okay, here are the reasons this is hitting me. I, I don't know about your house, but we I grew up. We had Jeopardy on every single night mm-hmm. in my house. Um, it was always like, Wheel of Fortune, that's for dummies. We're going to watch Jeopardy. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so we had all that always. Um, okay number two He looks a lot like my dad
1: Really? Alex, oh yeah
0: oh, He looks wow. very similar Number three Alex Trebek and I Were born in the same town
1: Oh no way yeah. What town was that?
0: Sudbury, Ontario
1: Nice
0: he was, That's where he's from um, And then So recently I've been watching A lot of Jeopardy It's on Netflix now Yeah So like every night Before bed I'll put on some Jeopardy And it feels so good And you And like yeah Now You realize like How good he is At what he does Like it's yeah. unbelievable There will be no Replacing him Yeah that voice for so long, you know, just doing what he does, like ah, uh, that's gonna hurt. Uh, that hurts a lot. Yeah, and that is, I want to be optimistic for him too, but like as he even points out, like that's a bad diagnosis, like stage four pancreatic, especially like once cancer's in the pancreas, there, that's really bad times. Yeah. So. <sighs> yeah, this oh, one's take,
1: This one's sinking in pretty hard.
0: That's a really tough one. Aye, aye. That's hard for the whole country, I think, and everyone who watches Jeopardy. <laughs> I'm watching this R. Kelly interview you told me about today. Gail King, Oprah's Oprah's, uh, good, dear friend Gail, uh, interviews uh, R. Kelly, and she just, like, keeps it together even though he's losing his mind. He's getting up and yelling and screaming and carrying on and looks like a maniac.
1: Yeah, she uh, was incredible during that interview. Uh, There was one point where he gets up and kind of, like, loses his composure and has a little tantrum, and she just sits there, just stoic, calm, professional and then comes back with facts her composure throughout the whole thing was I I think it deserves a gold star
0: totally yeah he's like all getting emotional and trying to like play the victim and everything and she's just like not having it no just keeps coming at him and no just just not let him get away with that
1: yeah just being completely straightforward with him and yeah I thought she did an incredible job and I know a lot of people are just like I want her to do a master class on interviewing (laughs) I want her to give me some tips on interviewing because that was yeah incredible Paul, you sent me this really cool article about uh, some new construction on the Malahat, uh, kind of uh, geared towards tourism on the Malahat and the beautiful, like, nature scene, kind yeah. of like the sea-to-sky gondola, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, where uh, just a place that you can view the the natural beauty of the island.
0: Yeah, totally. They, uh, they're they calling it the Malahat Skywalk. Um looks really beautiful, like a spiral that you would walk up 40, 40 meters tall. With a 650-meter-long spiral ramp, they would walk all the way up and be able to have just, like, stunning panoramic views just north of the Malahat Summit there. So mm-hmm. you can imagine all the Cowichan Valley and everything. Like, those views up there, as it is, are incredible. But then you go 40 meters up on top of that? Yeah. It would be so beautiful. And just a really cool kind of, yeah, like a little bit of a tourist trap. Just bring people in and... Get them to check out the natural beauty that's up there.
1: Yeah, and this is a partnership between the Malahat Nation and uh, Tourism Tourism Vancouver Island. And, uh, yeah, I think this is a great idea. They're looking to begin construction in the fall, and then they're hoping that it's going to be open spring 2020.
0: That's cool. Yeah, that'll be great. (laughs) Yeah, this is so
1: cool. Steph McPherson. Hello. Hello. I'm going to give you a, a canned applause there. You can't awesome. hear it. You don't have headphones on, but people are applauding you right now, Steph. <laughs> um, so on Friday it is International Women's Day, and uh, what better idea than to celebrate that by um, getting our wonderful female musicians in Victoria together and uh, doing a little, uh, a little performance and kind of feature on the amazing talent that we have here in Victoria. And I thought. Who better to start off the week than Steph McPherson, who uh, you used to be a band of the month back in the day. 2000 and
3: was it 12? I think it was, yeah, 2012. 2012.
1: And uh, you've been in this game for over a decade, I I would think now. The last time I saw you was at the Rubber Boot Club performing um, for the Infinity Farewell Tour, which was an incredible show. It was really nice to see um, you perform with a a full band backing and and it was just such a great night. And then also uh, you won for uh, Victory to Vinyl, the solo edition, winning a recording voucher. So that means that you're working on new music, I would assume now?
3: Yes. Yeah, um, uh, almost done the recording process, still need to mix and master the songs, but uh, we're doing five songs. Five songs, so an EP?
1: An EP. An EP. Any idea of when that's going to be coming out, when we can expect that? Uh,
3: Hopefully by the end of
1: May. And that's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, now with International Women's Day, uh, we're we're talking about you know celebrating you know female who are making a difference. And is there anyone in your life who has been inspiring and maybe have helped you through
3: your career in in music? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jocelyn and Melissa downstairs at Cordova, and uh, old manager Deb, and oh my gosh, just everyone. I found yeah, women in music like my friend savannah in vancouver who and megan who now they run a a company together called um tiny kingdom i don't i don't think i've met anyone that was i I hear about females being sort of more competitive and and kind of unkind to each other but I haven't Mm. experienced that I've had just wonderful experiences with the female people in the industry and and you, oh me,
1: (laughs) no but I think that is important that instead of you know and I see this with a lot of industries as well instead of working against each other I find it in Victoria specifically like everyone is working for the same goal so why not help bring each other up and support each other as much as possible and you see that with with the shows that you do involving all sorts of musicians whether it's you know Lindsay Bryan or you know all your friends who are in in the music industry kind of just helping each other out whether it's recording together or you know getting records involved whatever it may be it's mm-hmm. just like a really nice community yeah
3: we all sing on each other's albums and
1: first person you
3: see Lions and bullet holes we stand in our
1: any challenges being in music in
3: victoria it's a it's a wonderful music community here in victoria <laughs> it is a um also a small community and a relatively small city it's not small town but it feels a bit like one so it's um it's a bit difficult to gauge sometimes when you're oversaturating the area oh and, yeah mm-hmm. and i find it yeah challenging and also just to even to get off the island is expensive and you're not really making that much of an income when you leave the island at first to play mm-hmm. shows until you've built a community so that's a, a bit of a challenge
1: we do live in a, a lovely bubble here it's, in vancouver so on vancouver island it's so, <laughs> it's so, so lovely. lovely yeah as someone who say is getting into music Is just picking up their guitar playing their own songs think back to like when you were you know just starting out maybe band of the month 2012 what would you say to someone who's kind of just getting into the music scene in victoria what kind of advice would you give be nice to people Mm. Yeah, (laughs)
3: because they remember even if you're having sort of an off day and you aren't as warm as you could have been that's their impression of you forever uh well not forever but for a long time until you Mm. have the opportunity to change that um (laughs) uh yeah work with as many different other musicians and artists as possible collaborate with visual artists if you can because it's really cool like to break into different sort of communities of art within in the city that's um, a good point like photo and video and and collaborate i think collaborate is probably my biggest advice There's that's a lot great of- advice
0: that's a tough one to do sometimes some it might feel like to get out and meet people and and see how you can complement each other like that's a difficult thing it's really also
3: very hard to make compromises in that situation but that's also an important thing to learn so and you'll end up needing each other later on in the road
1: too you know kind of help each other out because it's expensive and you don't make a lot of money in music that's a thing that's until very later on some people don't ever but they do it because they love it and those connections really do help Yes. In the arts community,
3: for sure. Key, crossed the ocean the same day And then washed ashore a block away
1: In studio right now, we have Lindsey Bryan from Labs, also uh, a solo artist and sings in The Bright Side. If you've ever been to Darcy's downtown, that amazing cover band. Seriously, my favorite cover band. Um, Lindsey Bryan in studio. I won't regret saying this, this thing that I'm saying.
4: Is it better than keeping my mouth shut? I'm
1: happy that you were um, involved because, yeah, your your songwriting, your your talent, and the hard work that you put into your music is just, like, incredible. And uh, I, I want people to see that. It's so good. Thank you very much. Um, now, talking about International Women's Day, what does that day mean to you? What are your thoughts on that day?
4: Well, it's funny because it's kind of become more of a thing as of recently. Yes. And... Uh, I definitely have my thoughts on it, and I think it's fantastic, and I think the Victoria community that I'm a part of, the music community, Mm -hmm. is very supportive of it, and there's a lot of talent here, and it's great to work with a lot of the other female artists. Um, When Dani did her project last year, the photo project with all the um, women in music together, that was really empowering to be a part of. I've also been observing, I don't really know where the line is drawn yet, but Being referred to as like a woman in music is totally fine, but Mm -hmm. I'm really, I don't know, it's like nails down a chalkboard when Mm -hmm. people ask me, what's it like to be a female musician? You know, it's like, do men get that question? What's it like to be a man in music? Or like, 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 no, what's it like to be a male dentist? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Although I guess like, what's it like to be a male nurse probably doesn't feel too great to them either. I'm a nurse. That's
1: what I do. Well it's it's kind of yeah, being in a male dominated industry, which yeah. I don't I think Victoria is pretty pretty even when it comes to
4: yeah. music. I, mean, I think all the single people out there might disagree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Tinder doesn't the say so. People, yeah. yeah. Um talk to me about like where you grew up and when did you get into music and, and how did it all start? I grew up on
4: the Gulf Islands, main island, until I was 14. Um, And then I moved to Salt Spring for high school with my mom and my sister. Um, And I'd say my earliest musical influences were my mom and my sister. Uh, My mom is a fantastic singer and was always singing in groups. And she would take me along to her music lessons when I was a little kid. And my sister was always listening to really cool music, so she influenced my taste, and I kind of started from there, and it was my sister's guitar that I started playing, and um, yeah, it was really important to my family that I pursue what was clear that I was drawn to, so that's what I did.
0: What type of music was your mom uh, playing?
4: Around the house? Yeah. Um, Well, I always kind of... (laughs) I always kind of say that it was a lot of Pavarotti and Christmas music, <laughs> um, but to, uh, more more to the point, it was Patsy Cline and Katie Lang. And, and is that the kind of music that she was also performing herself? Uh, she sang a lot of opera. Wow, she had a very cool. beautiful like classical voice. Wow, yeah. and that was always playing around the house. Uh, but she sang in like this ladies' group. She was the youngest woman in uh, in this like old ladies' singing group on Main Island. Uh, I wish I could remember what they're called. She's probably yelling it at the radio right now. Tuned Air, I think it might be Tuned Air. That might be wrong. Um, But yeah, but around the house, she was always singing Patsy Cline songs and Katie Lang a lot.
0: Do you ever dabble in any of the operatic stuff yourself?
4: Only mockingly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she loves that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you would have been something I'd be good at but now we'll never know and and her influences sad, in music has that, that kind I'll of
1: uh, come into bed. the kind of music that you make today i think it well that along
4: with the cds that my sister brought home which was a lot of more hard rock yeah mm-hmm. and uh more intense emotional female music kind mm-hmm. of probably started that but with patsy cline just the simple idea of the structure of a song that it doesn't need to be any more than it needs to be. Mm. Um, I've always been drawn to the, the perfect, like, fat-trimmed song. So mm-hmm. maybe structurally when it comes to creatively writing a song, I, uh, I try to stay true to those classic songwriting
1: roots. Now, as uh, if someone is listening right now wanting to get into music or have, you know, always been playing but haven't really, you know, pursued it yet, maybe feeling a little timid, what is something that you would say to them? listen
4: it's kind of cliche and people Mm -hmm. say it all the time but like don't let other people's opinions of you trying out something new influence your pursuit of the thing yeah just do it and if it's just private to yourself go for a walk with whatever instrument you have and fumble through those chords make mistakes you have to work over that hump it's a lot of hard work like depending on how far you want to take it don't decide where it ends and don't put a you know a label of success like just keep doing it mm-hmm. if it's your passion and if it's not working for you and you want to do it just for fun that's totally fine too like there's no need to do something artistic just to make money at it yeah you know so just just do it for the for the love of it and oh, for love your that passion way. that's mm-hmm. great Start to wonder if this was the thing to do i start to wonder if this was the thing to do.
1: We're so excited to have Ellie Hart in studio right now.
5: Welcome. Welcome. Um, thank you. I really like that you guys brought in the whole office to clap my yeah, welcome. The whole audience. Yeah, we have an audience section in the studio.
1: studio. It's audience, so great. OK, so you guys can all leave now. Yeah. Bye. Please go. Yay, thank, thank you. you. Please go.
0: <laughs> get, your, <laughs> get your sandwich and leave.
1: Uh, so we are having live performances all this week in support of International Women's Day, which is on Friday. So far, we have had Steph McPherson, and we've had Lindsey Bryan, and today it is Ellie Hart. Kind of like a, a Band of the Month reunion as well, too, yeah. which is really nice. Everyone
5: has had their time on the radio. And I, I also want to say that like in 2006, there used to be this really great jam at Darcy's called The Jam Tard. And Lindsay and Steph and I all met each other there and like all got our our start. No
1: way yeah,
5: so it's been a long
1: time Oh so you got you all performed together or was it separate and you were just
5: now we were like three different songwriters singer songwriters that would go up there and, and perform and jam with the house band and feel like like we were rock stars when we were like 19 and I think we, we all probably played together and harmonized with each other once in a while, but yeah.
1: Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah that's amazing, because you grew up on the island, right? And and those ladies also did grow up here.
5: Yeah, I grew up on chosen Steph grew up in Gordon Head, and I think Lindsay grew up on Salt Spring Island.
1: We were talking about how uh, Jesse Roper is the Machosen one or like the king of Machosen. You're like,
5: I'm the Machosen too.
1: Think- <laughs> there can be more than one one. And also, I think you're the queen of Machosen. I think that's the title that we need to get you.
5: <laughs> well, thank you. I, to be fair, I moved out of Machosen many years ago now, but I, I grew up there on Rocky Point Road and was like always the cooler, older guy in the sandbox. <laughs> yeah. If we still had time, we might still get by. The time I think about it, I want to cry With bombs in the devil and the kids keep coming No way to breathe easy, no time to be young oh. and, and talking
1: about kind of, you know, when you first started with, you know, Lindsay and, and Steph and everything, um you kind of want to talk a bit about your journey in Victoria? I know it's a lot to talk about, but can you kind of sum it up and how your experience in music has been?
5: Victoria is like the most welcoming, loving music community uh, I've experienced. Like I've done a fair amount of traveling and uh, people here are so welcoming, whether they're a musician or just a fan. Um, it's It's incredible. We're so lucky to have such a interactive and supportive music community. Mm
1: -hmm. Have you had any challenges?
5: Uh, I think in the beginning I thought I was having challenges. I'm like, no one's paying attention to me, but I think the truth is that I just sucked and I needed to get better (laughs) and I needed people to kind of say, sorry, not there yet and Mm. believe them and then look at where I could improve and then get better. And that's always going to happen. There's always gonna be people better than you. But you just need to keep practicing and keep getting better. And then eventually those doors will start opening. And not, no, like, blatant challenges, but just auditioning or trying out for things and, and not getting it. And then eventually one day you do kind of get it. Yeah.
0: You mentioned your travels, too, because I know you've took taken a pretty cool trip. Um, and you must have brought some lessons back. From that as well, like, because uh, can you talk a little bit about your trip? I remember you were here. We, like, bid you adieu when you had, like, your, your van all renovated inside and out. Yeah. Ready to go. And then you, yeah, traveled by yourself. Yeah. Down in Nashville, playing music, making stops along the way, looking for a place to happen, all those song lyrics. And um, you must have taken from that trip especially some lessons back to Victoria.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think what I mostly bought, brought back with me from that trip was a mountain of debt. Um, <laughs> it but yeah. And uh, it, I mean, it was great. Nashville was incredible. Uh, it was full of, actually, to be honest, a really also a really great music community because people just want to write songs. And in Nashville, the song is king. So it's all about writing the best possible song. And if that's by yourself or with one other person or three other people um it's all about creating that that hit that they're quite focused on writing Mm. um so that was a really good takeaway um coming back from nashville i got a little bit like disheartened i had all this debt um i was broke and i didn't have a job i didn't know what to do and then i got a job and i spent the last year like working and paying off those debts now i am kind of at a place where i feel like i'm ready to start Recording again after writing and funny story. I just yeah. want to add about that trip. I uh, got a speeding ticket the other day,
3: <laughs> and
5: uh, which was fine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it turns out I didn't have a driver's license, what? so I also got a ticket for that. Um, Did you go on that whole
0: huge road trip? I literally drove license? to Nashville
5: without a driver's oh license. God, no. <laughs>
0: but it's not my
5: fault it's not my fault i mean i guess it's it's not no that's
0: your fault that's your fault when you like should check that no
5: it wasn't expired i uh i used to be a paramedic and you have to have a class four driver's license and apparently and you guys are going to learn another thing about me when you turn 30 uh you have to get a new medical exam which i didn't realize so apparently they have deemed 30 years old as the age of which you are now older and need a new medical exam and um (laughs) I never got the snail mail in the mail. Mm. Um, and so instead of just reverting your license back to a class five, they just oh. delete your license and they don't tell you. <laughs> and because I'm a good driver and I never got pulled over or in an yeah. accident or anything, I had no idea. This
1: is a good lesson
5: though, yeah. keep that in mind. It's a good lesson yeah. to make sure that you get your snail mail. Yeah.
0: And I'm- you're also no longer qualified to do any life-saving techniques on me if like if I need that.
5: No, right yeah, now. definitely not qualified. Okay, all right. Yeah. Good you can't drive me can't even drive me to the hospital <laughs> I, got, I got my yellow paper driver's license now Okay so. <laughs> You kept me alive with your sweet love Ooh, oh. Let me go crazy
1: Uh we're talking with ellie hart uh from dirty mountain and you're just talking about how now you kind of freed up time to get back into making music recording music what's what's the plans for dirty mountain coming forward
5: oh my god the question yeah. that like haunts me every day oh, i'm sorry <laughs> um so I, I i didn't play i didn't write i didn't play or write for like I mean I played all summer, I guess. I am not being very dramatic. I didn't play <laughs> for like a year.
0: Yeah, you were
5: Yeah. Uh, a- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, a slight exaggeration. I felt like in my soul that I wasn't able to like play anymore or write anymore and hmm. um just because of like the fear of failing. Hmm. I think we like have I have imposter syndrome. I'm like, Who do I think that they think that I think I am? <laughs> and uh yeah, it kinda of stopped me from writing and um had a lot of changes this last month and it's kind of like re-triggered that desire and um, I got this fantastic grant last fall to spend money on recording which in itself was intimidating all over again. I was like, this is so much money to spend on a product that nobody buys anymore. So none of my songs are good enough because, Hmm. yeah, anyways, this is like every artist I'm sure goes through this. I am not a unique flower, but anyways, I have decided to not listen to those voices in my Good. head or trying not to anyways but yeah working with uh, a producer in vancouver and we've been doing some writing and um i've gotten into ableton nice recently from youtube <laughs> youtube is a beautiful place the guy yeah, on the you youtube think. video i was watching today kept saying uh trying to say manipulating and he kept couldn't like say you <laughs> so he kept saying manipulating yeah. and- <laughs> 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 i kept laughing by myself oh, no. so <laughs> I want to manipulate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the plan is to uh, write some songs, record them, and release them. And I'm really considering doing a different style of, of release instead of doing the the album launch. I'm going to mm-hmm. do, I think, six singles and release them like every two months. Neat. Love that. And with every single, it kind of gets treated like an album launch. So it yeah. will have a video, and it will have its own graphics, and it will have all of this content to go with it. So that there's like this constant content stream uh because all the algorithms of spotify and yeah. uh itunes and all the stuff they want constant content and- isn't
0: that kind of the neat thing though too about like this whole brave new world we're living in is like you get to figure out as well as play with an experiment how you want to release things it doesn't have to be the way that they did it in 1972 anymore
5: yeah it, and it's really hard to break the the like pattern in your mind of being like, okay uh, I got to record 12 songs, and right. I got mm-hmm. to get a label, and I need get a manager, um, and I need to get them to do all these things for me. Uh, but the reality is, is you don't need those things anymore. I mean, sure, it'd be really great if someone was like, hey, I'll t- do all the work for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, that's great. Please do. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's, again, there's, there's not that much... Revenue to be brought in um, aside from like merch sales mm. um, and playing the odd festival gig, and mm-hmm. it, it can be a little bit trickier. And there is streaming revenue. I was just saying, I got um, my twenty nine dollars SoCan check.
0: Nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Don't spend it all in one place.
5: <laughs> Music um, really pays. <laughs> so, and I think it can, and I think there's other ways to do it. We just need mm-hmm. to adjust what we think of as the stage. So yes. is the stage still shiny lights with smoke machines um, or is it online? Like, could you do a world tour where every stop on the tour is still in your house, but maybe you put like a uh, little like gadgets from like Morocco in the background mm. and then try and do it in the Morocco time zone and then like uh, target audience people that are there and get, yeah. try and get them to come through ad spend and getting them to show up to your live show. And then, you know, there's there's other ways that you can do it and you just have to think outside the box and it honestly just takes a lot of work and yeah. then and actually, imagination too, then I imagine, imagine right? Yeah, and then doing it.
1: Well, it's yeah. running your own business is what you're doing. The business is you and the product right. is what you create so yeah. and your marketing side of your brain is coming out too what you have to think about that uh with totally. music it's not just creating music it's how are you gonna sell it and that's that can be a daunting thing for a lot of musicians yeah. so good for you for you know working at that and um yeah just putting your head down and we're really excited that you are making music again oh. very very excited about mm, that thanks. so keep on doing that because you're so talented oh.
5: thanks ellie Let me go crazy, crazy, crazy on you.
1: Low weight is in the studio with us right now. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Low, you kind of go beyond low weight and the rattlesnakes, though. You have a whole bunch of projects on the go. Do you yeah. kind of want to give us a rundown <laughs> of what you're doing? Because it's a lot. I can't,
2: I can't <laughs> s- sit still.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still doing the rattlesnakes, and I'm doing uh,
2: Laura the Band with Nora from uh, Mad Mona. And I'm also starting a new project called Devil Woman. Change, change, change.
1: So what? why did you start Devil Woman? Because this is like your solo sort of music, right? Yeah, the idea
2: of it is that, yeah, it can be like a solo show if I need to be, but most of the time I like to have the band anyway Mm because I love those guys. But um, it's just different style of music. Yeah, it's just kind of more like Ambient folk indie, I guess. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Because when we talked not too long ago, we were doing that TV thing. You were talking about how the the next bunch of Low Weight and the Rattlesnakes music was going to be a little bit uh, more hard to rock. And I don't know if that was a joke or serious. Because <laughs> Christian was there and he was joking around about death metal and all that. Um, our friend. But uh, but is that is that so? Is that the direction you want to take uh, Low Weight and the Rattlesnakes? And then Devil Woman, you can be a little bit more chill folk?
2: Yeah. I, th- I don't really know, honestly. It's kind of all... I just see how it goes when it comes up mm-hmm. um we're unfortunately losing our drummer um good for him sad for us so we kind of have to figure that out for the rattlesnakes too that's the next
1: step is I mean, figuring out to, drummers uh, listening right now want yeah. audition for love <laughs> oh my God,
0: that should be a service we provide to yes. former bands of the month yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, uh...
1: that's great must play good yes <laughs> must play well. um why why devil woman why did you decide that name uh, I like
2: it a lot. It's it's kind of just a cheeky thing. Um I guess it was kind of like a saying that was meant to be, you know, and like that woman is a devil woman and it, <laughs> like that's what it is cuz that's my personality. Like I feel like I'm fairly cheeky and not not very serious in person, but then my music is definitely that's kind of how I um I guess express myself, so
1: well, you were, we were talking about a little bit harder rock. Mm. Um, you did a really cool cover. Was it a Black Sabbath yeah. cover at yeah. our Band of the Month showcase, which was a totally neat side to see of uh, Low Weight and the Rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. Um, is that maybe something that you're going to kind of look into, more that style of music? <laughs> I mean, I love I love
2: that style of music, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like there, when I write the music, I'm like, Kate, hey, this is a little bit heavier. It's going to go to the Rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. Like That's kind of how I do it. Yeah. But I don't write with the intention of it. Like, let's make this heavy purposefully, yeah. you know, for the Rattlesnakes. It's just kind of like whatever happens to come up. I'm like, okay, where can I put this? Yeah. That's neat. My truth, I'm well to you. Um, so
1: I want to talk day. about your dad. That's okay. Your dad is one of my favorite characters ever. He's a hardcore zoner. He messages us all the time, is constantly requesting your music. I should mention that.
2: I told him to stop. Yeah, No, it's great. No, it's awesome. I love it. What
1: a proud father. And I remember um, we were in uh, Darcy's West Shore um, for Victory to Vinyl. And he came up to us and was like, I have a gift for you. And he gave us pens. And I know this was the most embarrassing thing for you, but I thought it was so endearing. And he started telling me about how you grew up and and how music was so just entrenched in you and your family growing up, and how you were involved in all sorts of different styles of music. Do yeah. you kind of want to speak to that?
2: For sure, yeah. So I like I first started listening to me. My uncle owns the Turntable Record Shop in fantan Alley. Oh, oh. So, I did like, not. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm very fortunate. Um, oh. so when I was like or five I had like Black Sabbath was one of the first tape cassettes that I had I had Aerosmith and ACDC and Heart and I didn't know what any of the lyrics meant or anything like that but I would just sit and I would listen to this stuff all day and I'd be like yeah I know the lyrics I don't know what they mean but they're great and then it kind of just went from there and I like all throughout high school and middle school I was in concert choir vocal jazz like I don't know I just whatever I could do I wanted to and Choral music today still makes me bawl every time. Mm. I, like, if it's good, if it's a good piece, I'm sitting there crying.
1: <laughs> well, that makes me happy because you brought two incredible singers with you. I did. Uh, Nora Erickson and Katie Savard. Nora, you do uh, some work with Lowe and you have a, a group called Laura. How did you guys come together and how did how did that all start? Um, we actually kind of met through the Women for Women project with Danny Sear um, that happened last year. Oh, right.
4: And... We were both doing a Christmas concert at Darcy's Pub West Shore. So we decided to do
2: a song together. Then, after, I was like, awkwardly with my beer, asked
5: her
1: if she wanted to do a side project. Yeah. Um, and we've been playing for just over a year now. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, any shows or anything coming up? Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, um, well, uh, next uh, next Friday
1: with Deep Sea Gypsies and Teenage Violets, we'll be <gasps> playing at Capitol Ball. Capital Ballroom wow. right on and I love those guys, so i 'm yeah. super
2: stoked for this, yeah that'll
1: yeah. be a great show and and Katie, how do you fall into this? How do you know low and and how do you know these two? Uh, I just love low uh, <laughs> how do you mean how don 't Blender. probably blender yeah. i mean we yeah it 's been a long time just kind of knowing and following each other's music and bumping into each other at shows and just lots of smiling and laughing and Lowe's signature like wiggle. Uh, <laughs> and, but you know, the ladies in music, right? We yeah. just seem to bump into each other eventually. I love that. Now tell us a bit about what you do in Victoria uh, when it comes to music. Um, I uh, I have been referred to as my bandmates like to joke. I'm a band slut. I like to say I'm polybanderous. <laughs> uh, I like to jump up with whoever. I'm sang with Downtown Mission. <laughs> I, I sang with Leg Up for a long time. I sang with Sex Weather as my first band. I now do a project called Savard and I and I love to feature and collaborate as much as possible. I collab sometimes with Stevie Wise and Big Feelings who's doing Victory to vinyl Right, so. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love this group of uh of supportive ladies in Victoria just yeah. crushing it in the music scene. It's yeah. awesome to see. Collaboration before competition every time. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I love that. I do have to give you a little message here. Uh, A zoner named Lucas messaged me and said uh, that your dad, (laughs) I'm talking (laughs) about your dad again, because he's your biggest supporter. He works next to their warehouse, and he just came over next door to make sure that they were listening to the oh. zone at three o'clock and he also so wants to add that they have a lot of pens as well because he <laughs> likes to give out pens
0: yeah i want one you said they're nice pens they're right? really good uh, yeah
1: thanks
2: yeah. dad the
0: shop you give a shop a little plug as well
1: yeah
2: yeah my dad works at jade automotive on ellery street in esquimalt so uh if you guys need any services contact jade <laughs> oh i love that
1: well thank you so much ladies for coming in today that was such an excellent performance thanks right. so much. For having us, guys. Of
2: course. So
6: nice awesome. to see you. So yeah, good so, so you. good to see you. Jane, Jane,
0: Jane.
1: And uh, we are so 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 happy uh, to have Laura from Carmana join us in the studio today. Hey, welcome. Yay, Hi, guys. That's Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> now you're coming off of a sold out show at capital ballroom after a little west coast and a western canadian tour now how how was it feel coming home to a completely packed capital ballroom it felt it felt really
6: good uh we felt good coming off the road mm-hmm. uh, just confident and our sight was our set was tight and uh it was nice to no longer be in minus 30 degrees like it was in winnipeg which is really brutal yeah um so yeah it just felt really good to come home and play to that crowd and people were singing along and made us feel so loved and yeah just i had shivers throughout the set and yeah it was awesome i am an old woman named after my mother my old man is another Child that's grown old. If dreams were lightning and thunder was desired, this old house would have burnt down
1: a long time ago. Touring in the winter in Canada is a whole nother beast. How it was is. it on the roads and, and how was the overall experience?
6: The overall experience was awesome. Like we had a great time and we met beautiful people everywhere we went and um and there was the, you know, the hiccups that you expect touring in Canada in the winter in general. The biggest one was that we dropped our transmission in Brooks, Alberta.
0: Oy. Um just yeah. dropped
6: it? Well, that's How what they that... call I don't really know that's oh, okay. what they call. It. Don't ask me to explain, okay. but um anyways, it 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 busted essentially. Yeah. And so um we had to we had the good fortune of um, being taken to a, an honest mechanic named Bill and he fixed us up and um, our truck had to stay put for about a week so a local guy lent us his minivan that wow. we used for to go from Alberta to Winnipeg and back for the week and uh, we just had to buy him a bottle of whiskey and he was happy. <laughs> so <laughs> good Canadian uh, so nice. hospitality and kindness. So yeah, I mean, a couple of hiccups but everything worked out and good stories came out of it. So
1: Were you touring in your your van your huge uh, bus that we've seen so much about big blue whale the big blue whale no not yet we were in
6: our truck um, that runs on vegetable oil so it's still doing that whole thing that the bus will do as well we we'll run on vegetable oil but the bus is not done yet okay. um, that's a big work in progress and um, Pat in Carmana is working on that every day. I think he's out right now shopping for some parts and <laughs> and uh, we got a work party this weekend and everything. So hopefully the bus will be on the road for uh, summer festivals and adventures.
1: Can we talk a little bit about um, this initiative of changing the bus into running on vegetable oil and the documentary that's going behind this and, and kind of why you decided to do this? Sure.
6: Um, a number of reasons why uh, vegetable oil is... Cheaper <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is really nice mm. and uh, shout out to Pink Bike for donating all of their used vegetable oil that allows us to tour that's cool. um, without using fossil fuels and that 's really cool um, environmentally, it just feels really good to to be choosing more of a carbon neutral option um, and something that would otherwise be considered waste, um, although there 's a couple other uses for it too. Um, And Chelsea in Foxglove, she's the one doing the documentary called Tuned Up. Mm -hmm. Um, So she reached out to us about a year ago maybe with this idea of um, specifically focusing on Pat because the veggie oil is kind of his baby. He knows way more about it. He should be here right now explaining (laughs) it. Um, But uh, she was just really intrigued by sort of alternative touring options because touring can be um, difficult in many ways, including... Uh, to make sustainable, not being wasteful on the road. Um, So this was something that she thought was pretty cool and wanted to kind of focus in on and learn more about. And
1: I love that. This is kind of a common theme for Carmana, is that you always use your music as a platform to um, kind of showcase something that's important to you. Right? Like you do this with um, the Jellyfish Project as well and seeing this with the, the documentary and, and just doing it because you think it's a good thing to do. Um, that's what I, I just love about you. And I just want to say thank you for doing that and, and for spreading <laughs> the good. It is really inspiring. Make me
6: an angel the flies from Montgomery. Make me a
1: poster of an old Give me one thing you know what, I actually don't know too much about where you grew up or what kind of family you grew up in. Do you kind of want to give <laughs> us a little background story of how Laura came to be?
6: Sure, how Laura came to be. Yeah. Um, I was born on the East Coast. Oh, really? Yeah, Halifax, Nova Scotia um but my parents my lovely parents who probably are tuned in right now hi mom and dad um they moved us out here our our family of five out here when uh, my siblings and i were kids so i grew up in victoria um Mm -hmm. claremont high school um and uh we all still live in victoria and um i think a big part of i am is just coming from a a loving family and yeah they supported my music dreams since day one since i first picked up the guitar and when i was 15 and fiddle when i was nine and piano and i don't even know so yeah
1: were were they very musical as well
6: my dad is quite musical my dad plays the guitar and the banjo and used to play in um rock bands when he was in high school oh nice Probably looked a bit like a beetle, although I think he had a fro, <laughs> so um but yeah, so I grew up in a musical household. both my siblings play music as well, so but I'm kind of the only one that decided to try and make a go at it yeah. in this complicated industry
1: and and talk a little bit about making music in Victoria and how it's been for you
6: um Victoria's been a really good home base there's uh there's a really beautiful music scene here that's quite supportive, a lot of women in it, which is really cool, and women in roles like radio DJs and you're starting to see more women in roles of tech and lighting and stuff like that too which is really encouraging Um, and then I think Victoria also we're lucky to have just a vibrant community here that supports the arts and most shows you go to it's packed or or, you know close to and so yeah I think it's a I think it's a really good good place to call home and and we're always grateful at the end of a tour to to come back to it not just because it's warmer than everywhere else but also because it's just a a wonderful spot.
0: Back in the studio with Laura from Carmana. Laura, we were talking a little bit off the air about uh, your times uh, further east in Canada, and uh, I just really like the idea of you spreading the West Coast vibes through places like Canmore and Swift yeah. Current and having <laughs> shows there. And I hope that it's uh, it's spreading for you, and that people are coming out and then telling their friends and bringing more people out the next time. And I hope that's the way it's going, isn't?
6: It seems to be. Yeah, it was a. Every tour is a little bit more encouraging for sure, and. Um, Yeah, I think the West Coast sort of sound resonates with a lot of people and and if it doesn't, we pull out the fiddle and the fiddle resonates yeah. with most people. So, you know, that's we definitely. keep enough variety there that I, I think or I like to think that there's a little bit of something for everybody.
0: Totally. I never thought of that, but I guess that's really the East meets West of uh, the performance at Carmana. Because I know from being in a crowd in many a Carmana show, people get excited when that fiddle makes its <laughs> first yeah. appearance, right? There's yeah.
6: something about the fiddle. I think people just like to stomp their feet and, yeah. and, and hoot and holler a bit. And it brings that out in people. So it's pretty cool.
0: That's so good. Well, thank you for joining us here today. Thank
6: you. Happy yeah. Women's Day. Oh, yeah.
1: Happy International <laughs> Women's Day, Laura.
6: <laughs> to believe in this living is just a
5: way to go.